Yes, hello everyone and welcome. And as you can see, so much going on in the world of sports. So let's get right into it with Kelly Underwood and Robert Craddock. Hello and good evening to the both of you. And on my right, the wonderful Jules Schiller alongside Jamie Sauer. Welcome back, Sauer. Lovely to have you with us. All right, as I said, plenty to get to. Now, as a playmaker, Cooper Cronk was always a step ahead of the game. He's done it again, surprising everyone today with his decision to leave Melbourne at the end of the season and head to Sydney. Now, it wasn't a footy decision, but a personal one. He was humble and generous with what he had to say. To Craig, Cameron and Billy, um, you talk about the big three in my eyes, they're probably the real big three. I think they're the three most influential people in this club's history. And as long as they're here, whether I'm here or not, still members of the guaranteed success having those three guys here. And there's a few things in life that's more important than football, you know, like family, getting married and, 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 and a future. You know, I've been pretty selfish in my approach to my football career and I think it's time I put someone else and something else first. Yeah, there he is, Cooper Cronk today. Uh, now, Kelly, obviously, uh, you're a huge Melbourne fan. What have you made of it? Uh, I'd probably sum it up in three words, Tony. Mm -hmm. Bloody Tara Russian. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, look, in all seriousness, I think it probably landed as a shock for some Melbourne Storm fans, but this has been on the cards for a while. And at 33, uh, Cooper Cronk's making a life decision, not a football decision, and he has um, been so lo loyal to that club for so many years, and I think that um, he's probably achieved everything in the game that he's wanted to, and it gets to a point, Jamie, and you've probably experienced this in the last six months of, of your life, that, you know, footy doesn't last forever, and you've got to start thinking about what comes after footy and setting yourself up, and I, I think reading into today, that's what Cooper's doing. Yeah, definitely. I watched the press conference uh, from start to finish, and I love the way that Cooper's always presented himself and played the game, but today, I think we all saw a side that we probably didn't see when he was playing footy. Real emotional, raw. He spoke from the heart and he spoke about wanting things life, about after football. And that was for me as well. I want a family. You know, I've got a fiancé. I'm getting married this year uh, with Maddie. And we, we want a family. We want to be able to live that next part of our life. So he said he's been very selfish in the footy part of his life and the professional part of his life. Now it's time to have a family. And I, I think it's a, a great decision for him. And also a couple of Sydney clubs might be rubbing well, hands together. I'm also a Storm fan. So can I say I'd prefer that he lived a loveless life and died alone. So <laughs> uh... <laughs> That's really no, good. No, I'm happy for him. We, we do know Tara here. I'm, I'm very happy for him. Uh, just the interesting take on it from various people, including other coaches in Sydney. Des Hasler has always had an interesting perspective. Now, the Bulldogs coach, who also signed that two-year contract extension last night, had this to say today about Cronk's playing future. I would be very surprised. Why would Cooper Cronk come to Sydney to play rugby league? You think he'll retire? Yes, of course he will. Uh, <laughs> yes, of course he will retire. Did you read that into well, the press conference? Well, just quietly, I think they've got the same agent. So maybe <laughs> Des knows before anyone else. Um, you think he might do the same thing? So. Yeah, I think he might retire. Really? I can't see Cooper at his age coming to Sydney and wanting to rebuild a club like a Tigers, um, maybe the Dragons, but they've already spent their money for ben the next... Ben Hunt. Yeah, Ben Hunt. They've already spent their money. So I think Cooper comes... It, it'll be a decision. I think he was genuine today when he said he's undecided, but I think he'll come to Sydney. He's, he, the way he articul he's articulate and the way he presents himself with the game and how he explains himself is second to none. So he's going to have a fantastic career yes, in the media. That's the interesting one, though, isn't it? There appears no perfect fit, is there? Like, the ones who need him most mightn't have the cash and the ones who do have the cash almost by virtue of that, they're struggling, aren't yeah. they? So at age 33, do you really want to be trying to raise the Titanic? If, you, if he does play on, if he does, where would you say most likely? I reckon Des rubs his hands together and gets four and end 
probably cronk to the Bulldogs. Gee, that's big wow. cash, though, isn't it? Like, I well, mean, there's, there's half your salary. So that was just a complete furphy from Dez. Oh, well... Yeah. Because Sharks 5-8, James Maloney, he was far more concerned with the ramifications when he was told of Cooper's move. Breaking news, is he? Wow. Where's he going? <laughs> Cronulla. <laughs> Shit, I might be out of a job. <laughs> I'll have to go talk to my manager. I might have to find a club then. Oh, he'll probably get it over me too. So. Are you shocked? Surprised? I'm, What's your reaction? I'm surprised I'm on the market because I thought I had another year to go. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see. I do That's like awesome. James Maloney. I like yeah. him a lot. They could work together well, wouldn't you? Like, super straight Cooper. Like, what, at the it, comedy club? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sort of like yin and yang, you know? Super and James Maloney. Like, different, just like Kev Walters and... and uh, Cronk did in a, in a coach-player relationship. Mm. They, I don't think they've got the money, the Sharks. I don't think they'd be able to fit Cooper Cronk. He's going to command a million dollars a year and the only team I'd probably look at is, is the Bulldogs. One, one thing we can be sure that Cooper Cronk will miss uh, about Melbourne is the messages that come from Craig Bellamy in the coach's box and just the way he d- delivers it with the assistant coach. Give me the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Tell Tara Russian he's not coming up. <laughs> and the couple dressing as well. Which is <laughs> <laughs> that is. He's a bit of the jilted lover about Craig Bellamy at the moment. All right, then. Uh, there's been a lot going on this week already. As expected, Ivan Cleary is the new coach of the West Tigers. Now, he's a good man, so well done. Congratulations, commiserations and good luck. It's a bit of everything, really, for him at the moment, isn't it? Because this is a club that obviously has has its issues. Yeah, and Jamie, you've worked with Ivan, of course, uh, at Penrith. He's just different, isn't he? He's such a cool, reserved sort of character, almost unnervingly so, isn't he? Like, t- tell us what's, what he's like, you know, to be coached by. Yeah, I think, yeah, in, in today's game, there's not so much being about a tactical coach, it's about being a man manager, and Ivan's good at that. He obviously has had young players come through the squads in Warriors and also Penrith, and out of Penrith, we had a, a pretty good period there where he looked after some players and the main thing is he's just got to get in there and see this year out and just find out who's going to be on the, like he said, on, on the bus, you know, come game time. And, and that's what he'll try and do. Everyone's talking about the big four and whether they're going to sign. I think they just need to go week to week, the Tigers, and then they'll, they'll work out and he'll weed out the people that he doesn't want there. But don't they also now the players become far more accountable because they've almost had a safety net for a long time. Are we blaming Robbie or yep. JT or, or, you know, we don't know who's going to coach. Now they do. There's a plan in place. They have to perform, don't they? They have to perform and it gets no harder than going up to North Queensland this weekend, but they have to perform because some of them are playing for contracts, or most of them are playing for contracts. So I think Ivan will go in there slow and steady to start with, and uh, the board now have probably given him three years. I think they'll target 2019 to be really successful, and yeah, it'll take a while to be built. Well, and that's important, isn't it? The patience. Give him time. I mean, you're saying 20. He needs two or three years. I know the AFL equivalent is Carlton. Brendan Bolton got that job last year. This year, again, is his second year. Give him time, judge him on next year, and I think that's probably important. One of your first, I guess, experiences with him was pretty interesting. Was it Kokoda? Yeah, it was... uh, Got off the plane back from England. I'd eaten too many pies over there. I think I'm on the end. There you are, yeah. uh, Just a light 97 kilos there. Wearing thongs on the track as well, which is an interesting (laughs) idea. Um, Seven kilos above my weight there. But, um, no, I got back to the resort after we'd finished walking and everyone was weighing in and the coach sort of looked over. It was the first time I'd met Ivan 
looked over and he said, so, Sally, how many kilos did you lose? And I said, oh, a couple, mate. Yeah, a couple. I actually put half a kilo on. <laughs> <laughs> so I walked 126 kilometres in six days and put half a kilo on. Why? Why? Oh, the locals just love the footy players over there and I just loved eating at the time. So <laughs> it worked out good. I love it. Well, you mentioned he's a little bit taciturn, doesn't say a great deal, but he, had, he held one of the most entertaining post-game media conferences when he was at the Panthers. Remember this? It's like not winning his political career. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a bit shorter. <laughs> I love it uh, at Penrith. More interesting news that's come out. They've dropped skipper Matt Moylan along with Peter Hiku and uh, Wonga Blake for what's described as breach of team protocol. Now, the reports say that means having a drink. It seems it came after the loss to Melbourne last week. And is that... How you read it, Sally? Yeah, I just read that they've probably broken protocol and they might have been late to a recovery. They might have been late at a curfew. I don't think it's a big deal. They came out, they addressed it and they've dropped it. So they've set a standard there at Penrith. I think they've got to be um, you know, very careful going forward because it could cost them two points on Friday. Yeah, it's, it's, that's it's, a massive it? game in mm. such a tight competition. And he, Matt Moylan, the skipper, dropping him, that is, isn't that key? Well, they're showing no excuses for who you are, so I think it's back to the Hodge situation at the start of the year. They've set yep. an example for the club and they'll do that going forward. Are you surprised with Moylan, like captain of the club, breaking curfew so early in the season? Like, is that... You know, does he kick it around a bit? Or? No, I'm not... Yeah, it's not not surprised, but I think we're not sure of the actual details of what's going on. If he was five minutes late coming home or if he was five minutes late to recovery, then that could be something that's going on, but we're not obviously privy to that information. Yeah. Who's the best drinker of those three? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> I haven't seen him for a while. So <laughs> might catch up with him this Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right, look, uh, as you know, a sports commentator only has to state one thing emphatically enough for the exact opposite to happen. Fox Sports' Andrew Voss was the latest victim at the weekend. Four-point game. Storm still to drop a ball. And, oh, please! <laughs> no! I'm out of here! I'm off to the airport! <laughs> <laughs> His next thing was lucky. I've still got three years left on my contract. <laughs> <laughs> it's only a phone call. <laughs> He's not a lone soldier, of course, Vossi, in that regard. We've had quite a few commentators curse moments over the years, so have a listen. An excellent temperament. Doesn't seem to get overly affected by either winning big matches or losing situations. Just as I say that on cue, that's the first time I've ever seen her do that. I said he's a great kick, so that's why he should be in the forward line. Straight through the middle. Oh, oh Ted. There you go. You're a natural, Ted. Never been out in the 90s. Mark, sorry. What did you say then? He's gone. He's gone. Oh, Mark, you put the commentator's curse on him. <laughs> well, we've seen two of his favourite areas. He's a very strong back foot player. You bang the ball in short, even if you're Gillespie or McGrath, you tend to get punished. Oh, unless, of course, he clubs it straight to cover. Fallen Leaf is sharp in victory. No, no yeah, antics of any down. kind except speed, and there we go with the antics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Have a good call this weekend, uh, whoever is doing. All right, it's, uh, is it cruel to say that the Gold Coast Suns have already bundied off uh, and it's only round two? They were awful against an impressive GWS Giants kill, aren't they? And as, obviously the coach is under the pump, but so yeah. is that man, the great Gary Ablett. Yes, and every champ's entitled to have a bad day, but I think, Crash, here the issue is run a little deeper and you only have to look back over summer. I mean, Gary Ablett paid a million dollars up last year 
to play for the Suns and another million this year and another million next year, he doesn't want to be there. And he actually put his hand up and requested a trade in the summer and it was denied because of the exodus of the other players and that responsibility that you've been the captain here and you've got to finish what you started. But... There's a lot of issues. Yeah, it's a bit like retirement, isn't it? As soon as you start talking about it, a little part of you actually goes, doesn't it? And, and as soon as he requested that trade, even though it was denied... It, it can't it was go away just straight bad away, look. can it? Look, and you've got to say it, in his first five years at the club, he was just about the best buy any Australian sporting team's ever had. Mm. He just delivered. He's but carried them around on his shoulders uh, for a long time. Oh, he has. It? And... and but eventually, you just run out of steam. And he's been up for a long time. And pioneers rarely finish the job. Like, they were heading, building, 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 and then gone. And I think something in him went with them when yeah. they went down. It just it couldn't stoke the fire and again. That, I mean, this is their seventh year in the competition. Yep. They haven't made the finals. We're at round two, and they've had a, you know, thumping by over 100 points. They can't waste another year. No, no. So they're in, they're in real strife. It's, it's like watching a hostage situation, isn't it, where he's going to give a press conference and just go, help me. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to smuggle himself out of the Gold Coast during schoolies with yeah. a six-pack of breeze, <laughs> just with a wig. Maybe he's just got to keep himself more excited with what he's doing, even in the dressing sheds like giant Sam Reed. This is in the rooms before the game. Just mixing it up with it tennis racket and the tennis ball. Is that common, Sowie? Yeah, I've seen Brett Morris and Jason Nottingale bounce the tennis ball off the table and warm up their hand-eye, so the big fella there, he's probably not going to get a career in tennis too soon, but um, yeah, no, it's, it's not uncommon for players to come up with different techniques to warm up. All right, uh, Travis Cloak, who struggled at the end of his Collingwood career, looks a different player at the Bulldogs after just a couple of games. Now, his dad reckons it's all about how bad Nathan Buckley was for his sons. That's a huge call. Well, it is a huge call. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. It's only two games in. Travis has okay. sort of had two goodish games, but um, inconsistency has been an issue for Travis Cloak over the years. And I don't know how much you can blame Nathan Buckley for the fact that, you know, Travis Cloak wouldn't, couldn't kick goals or couldn't kick set shots over the last few years. He's been a player that certainly... Had the years. Yeah, and frustrated um, Collingwood fans over the last few years. But he's so, saying it's about, you know, the desire to move the ball quickly to the forward line and service them better. Yeah, but... He also, I think Travis Cloak also had plenty of opportunities to make a real difference for that Collingwood team, and, yeah. and he didn't, so... Yeah. I mean, forwards are entitled to kick goals, aren't they? I mean, like, guys are coached within an inch of their life. Surely they've got to take some responsibility. Mm. And as you said, it's a long season in there. Two good games, or two middling sort of games. I tell you what, the pressure's on him this week now after a story like that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. All right, now, we mentioned Ablett. If this, he's struggling a little bit, the pressure doesn't seem to be getting to another superstar recruit from a couple of years ago. Swans coach... Johnny Longmire believes Buddy Franklin belongs in some very rare company. Yeah, he's quite unique. Um, his athleticism for his size is what makes him a, th a really unique forward from that area. If you're comparing eras, he's, um, he gets up the ground and back and, and so quick and such an amazing kick that um, he is quite unique, but he certainly deserves to be mentioned the same breath as those guys. I guess we'll have to wait and see what his career pans out like, but to this point, you'd certainly say he's in that bracket. Jules, is, is he just being Dr Obvious there? Yeah, we'll have to wait to see what his career pans out like. What is it? I mean, hasn't he done enough? What did he do in 50 games? What is he, kicked 800 and 795 goals? Yeah. Am I right? Is yep. He, yep. I mean, the guys are... I mean, not as good as Sydney as he was at Hawthorne. Uh, but, uh, I mean, he managed please. to overcome the, the, you know, the Sydney system to do well there. I mean, he... For me, he's the best full forward ever. I would say. I mean, you kind of look at the Peter Hudsons and the Tony Lockett's and the Jason Dunstall. But he's looking but at the Wayne Carey's who drift up the ground yeah, as well. Yeah, but no one was as athletic. No one, you know, had the agility that Buddy does. It's and like and watching a rover and a full forward all 
combined in one. Yep. And he's a rock star. He brings the fans through the gates. He's got to win a flag at Sydney, though, Tony. He's got to, to win yeah. one. Yeah. He's got to win one just to win heart, finish that career. I mean, a, a, what was it? A nine-year, $10 million yeah. deal. Yeah. He'll, he'll win a couple. Three no, you can't he's had, win a couple. He's had two tell. grand finals. He's missed two grand finals. You don't need to two state those facts to me. Yeah, I'm aware. I'm aware. <laughs> it is but a fair point, though. Of, uh, uh, <laughs> don't come and talk fair with me because, look, there's only one thing better than your team winning. It's losing and being able to say, we was robbed, which, of course, the Swans were. I'm, look, I'm a totally unbiased observer, as you know, uh, but I can say the Swans have been smashed, haven't they? 31-8, that was a free kick count against them in the Bulldogs. When, when the housing market is kinder to Sydney than the umpires, you really have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> it is more upsider than George Christensen and Grant Daniel on a seesaw. <laughs> the, the, free kick well, oh, <laughs> the political material, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. Uh, no, it's, I think it's unbelievable. And the Western Bulldogs, because all the talk in the AFL has been happening around West Coast games and home games and how the sounds of affirmation, like the crowd get the umpires over the line... The West Coast from 2016 to the start of 2017 are plus two at home. Bulldogs are plus 4.1. So they are easily getting the most free kicks at home and they were plus 92 for last season. So I think it's an issue. There's some new rules, is it? I mean, there's umpiring has been... There's been criticism across the board, not just... Yeah, I mean, look, they didn't have a great weekend. No. I think that was pretty obvious. But they're human. There's new interpretations. They're what? They're human. OK. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go. This is... Now, yeah, this I'm one, not, you, you claim this is OK. This is a new rule that he wasn't under enough pressure to be, you know... That is a good rule. Yeah, oh, and oh. I agree with Crash as well. I think that's the right call. That's deliberate. There's, there's no pressure being applied by like picking yeah, from behind. Mean, he's five minutes out from his goal. Yeah. It's the last quarter and there's 400 Tony, points charging down his This back. is an area where AFL lags behind the other codes. Its other rules are really good, but in the other codes, you can't just take the ball back in the end goal, Jamie, in rugby league or rugby union. You know, it, it's a negative move. Get, keep the ball in play. I, I reckon that is a really good move. Mm. Keep attacking footy. Encourage it, Tony. It's, it's becoming like rugby. I mean, the AFL wants to sell its game in China. Could you explain the rules in the AFL now or an overseas sports nah. Yeah. I mean, and how can do you explain, explain that? Yeah, exactly. I can explain to you. In rugby league, if you knock the ball out of the dead ball line, you don't get penalised. It's a no. goal line dropout. No, but taking oh, back in goal. <laughs> we, we, we won't discuss this anymore. I will yeah. tell you that. We're talking about the Bulldogs and the umpiring. Now, Johnny Longmire, he has meetings with the umpiring director, but Bulldogs coach Luke Beveridge, he went straight to the source. There he goes. Look, he actually coaches the umpires before yeah. the game. You he? know what he's saying? You realise Buddy didn't invite you to his wedding? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, can I just... I, look, I know it's sort of left field. Can we just have a shout-out to uh, Bulldog Sid? He is the Bulldog... The team mascot. He's decided oh. to retire with last his premiership under his belt. He's, um, he's nine. nine. He's done this for seven years, but his eyesight's going on him a bit. Right. Mm. Well, he could see very clearly before. Obviously, he's getting on, um, but he can only dream of how feisty he was when he first got the gig. Why would you lie down? <laughs> Exactly what the umpires did to you. Thanks, Bulldogs. All right, look, I only mentioned this for you, Jules. Uh. Hawthorne 0 and 2, same as the Swans. You confident yeah, of that? Uh, there's top a new eight? group of players. They're just getting to know each other. Yeah. I don't see it as a team taking the field. I see it as like a group date. And they're <laughs> only on their second date, this Hawthorne team at the moment, with a new midfield. And uh, I, I, we were talking before, and you know, because there's a lot of statistics that if you fit, if you start the season zip and two, I think only one team has made the eight mm. doing that. But in the AFL now, with the bye after the the, the home and away rounds. 
any team can win it now from the eight. So a team will really... Well, the really... Bulldogs were nosediving no, they were before. seven. Yeah, yeah they yeah. were seven. So because of that bye, I think that any team can still win the grand final, even with a bad start. You finish in the seventh or eighth place now, in the eight, you can win a grand final. Just that was a message. tell yourself whatever you want, Jules. <laughs> Just keep telling yourself that. <laughs> I've we heard s- you book holidays for September. <laughs> <laughs> we saw some trademark uh, buddy Franklin Bombs uh, a minute ago. Now, here's some slightly more subtle Eddie Betts magic. Once again, it's the one player going, you know what, you're better than, than me, and give him handing off, and he kicks it from that acute angle. He's amazing, isn't oh, he? He's a magician, and he's doing it at the MCG against Jules Hawthorne team uh, on Saturday afternoon. And just when you think you've seen it all from Eddie Betts, he produces uh, miracle shots. Well, Jules is, lives in Adelaide now, so he's just as happy, aren't you, about the Adelaide... Success. Yeah, well, I moved to Adelaide. The teams are one and two, so I'm not <laughs> making the link. You brought it up, Tony, not me. Don't put words <laughs> in my mouth. I'm not going to stigmate myself on this forum. It's official. I am back on the Nick Kyrgios train. He's had a great year so far. He stretched Roger Federer in Miami and is in good spirits ahead of Friday's Davis Cup showdown with the US in Brisbane. Yeah, I think my level's always been there, but, you know, I think where I'm at mentally at the moment and, um, you know, I'm just competing for every point. I'm playing hard and... You know, I haven't really had that mindset before, so I'm in probably in the best place I've ever been in. I think the last Davis Cup tie helped me a lot. It's good to know these guys have my back, and you know, I think that's it's just the chemistry and having having the support that they give. Sally, what do you make of him? Everybody hates him. I love him. Woo-hoo. I think he's awesome. Yeah, I think... Look, he's a little bit different. So anyone in Australia that's a little bit different or plays with emotion, especially in a game like that, all the pressure's on him. He has to ride every call. He has to train by himself sometimes, so... I love the way, you know, sometimes it's not right, but I love him. I think he's different, and I think as Australians, we need to learn to accept more people like that because if he stood in front of a camera or just acted like a Roger Federer all the time and he wasn't getting the results, he'd be boring and no-one would know who he is. But... but he's rude, though. He's rude to ball kids. He's been rude to members of the crowd. Like, it, I don't mind aggression to your opponent, and I don't mind character and emotion, but he's, he can be rude he's to been people. Rude to the, crowd. the crowd's rude to him. They're yeah. booing and hissing. This That's is in exactly Miami. Right. I think this is in Miami? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. fine. I'm happy with that. I think he's just showing... He's, he's responsible for his performances. Look at that. Someone's booing him and he's, he's come out like... I wouldn't say it like that because obviously in Australia he'd get crucified, but that's Nick Kyrgios. I think we've got to start accepting him for who he is and he's going to make mistakes. He's young, but... but... He, he wants that from the crowd, though, doesn't he? I mean, you know... Yeah, like, was oh, brilliant because of that. Yeah, I mean, I think he, that energises him. He wants that conflict with the crowd. He, and if he doesn't get it, he seeks it out. Almost. Yeah, but if he, do, like, if he wins a Grand Slam... We'd all love him, wouldn't we? We'd all want him. We'd totally. all say, yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. Not necessarily. Yeah. Must, he, he won the second set. It was a three-setter against Federer. Yep. And he won that second set in this thrilling tie-break. I know. Look, he's And amazing. I was watching at home on the couch. Cheeky. And when he won it, I actually punched the air with delight. <gasps> and then I sat down and I thought, my gosh, what has happened to me? He's yes. playing Roger Federer. But he is just so exciting to watch when he's in that winning mode. Yep. I, I, I felt wrong, Crash. I felt like I'd done something really wrong, but I loved it. Well, his game's really solidifying, isn't yeah. it? And I just wonder whether he will enter this little void where suddenly all the big four are past their best fading and, and nearly it's not, gone. And it's not far away. Yeah. It's he coming quicker than many expected. One year from now, who's going to be standing out of the big four and he'll be this 22-year-old just yeah. prowling the world? I mean, if he can just work hard, it seems he is, yeah. Yeah. maybe and, it's there for him. And that's the point where I'm going to say... I've always loved him. <laughs> <laughs> Roger, is that his ring? <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is. Let's talk about that in a moment. This whole thing. Uh, that's my St George Premiership room. We'll talk about it later. Uh, Roger's <laughs> wife, we talked about the, the booing and hissing from the crowd. Now, this is Merka. She couldn't help herself. She joined the boo hissing of our man, Kyrgios. 
How evil are the Federers, Jules? Yeah, we were before. They're Swiss. They obviously don't pay tax. They live in a lair in the Alps somewhere, James Bond style, with a, with a bridge and piranha pits everywhere, and she strokes a cat. They, they move money around the world. They launch rockets. Yeah, but you don't uh, like Kyrgios. So you don't like anyone. You're hissing with them. So. Do you reckon that Roger's dark side lives vicariously through his wife? That, that he's just a real sinister character and it comes out. <laughs> Do you reckon that? Yeah, I, I, I mean, no, I think the Federer's are, what you see is what you get. But, yeah. um, and he's, I mean, Kyrgios is always going to be less popular. Well, wait a second. Not only did Nick play great, but uh, he was almost statesmanlike during it. Look, how about this for sportsmanship? This is in the game against Alexander Asperev, where he... He asked him to, to, to challenge the call. Yeah. Now, isn't that good? Over to now, see, and, yeah, 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 and then he follows it up by yeah. saying, put that on social, that on social media. Because <laughs> <laughs> he keeps getting bagged on social media, so he wants to... That's know, what social media is for, to, to bag, bag people. people. <laughs> I love Kyrgios yeah. almost... I mean, he's a guy that people are going to have opinions on. Yeah. I mean, that's his character, so he yeah. can't... He can't expect everyone to love him or everyone to hate him. It's yeah. not going to happen with I enjoyed character. a really weird thing he did the other day, completely from left field against Federer. He served this first serve at 65 miles an hour, which is about our speed, Tony. Yeah. And it completely took Federer by surprise. And Kyrgios won the point. Like, no-one in the else so in world tennis would be wacky enough he, to do that. He's mesmerising, isn't he? You can't yeah. love yeah. him or hate him. You can't take your eyes off totally. him. Totally. All right, South Korea's uh, So Yeon Ryu. She won the first Women's Golf Major of the Year. But the story was really about the, the runner-up, Lexi Thompson. And she was penalised four strokes after some pedant television viewer. She pointed out, we come here, she goes there, thinks she's going to putt this out, she decides to mark the ball, does so, picks the ball up, but she actually replaces the ball a millimetre away from where she marked it. There it is, and down it goes. So somebody's sitting at home, she gets to doesn't get told till round, till after the 12th hole on the final day that she's been blocked well, four... I hope Todd Greenberg's watching because we could use them in the bunker, whoever that is. <laughs> 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 they don't say anything. If they've picked that up, we need to get them here in Australia and get them uh, down to Red Imagine show. that in the NRL if uh, Todd Greenberg said, and if you see anything at home, <laughs> <you> just, <laughs> just text him and we'll take exactly. our decision. She's had enormous sympathy from around the world. It's been cascading in from Tiger Woods, everyone. I didn't like what she did. I thought it looked really poor. Uh, you know, just if you were playing golf with someone Saturday afternoon and they put their marker and shifted their ball on another line like that, you would be, you'd say, excuse me? It's breaking the rules. No, it is. I use it is breaking the rules. as a marker so I can move the ball yeah. as far as I like. And then she putts on. Have a look at this. Now, she doesn't pick up the ball to have a rest. She changes the line of the ball, no, she... and that, that is illegal. You cannot do but that. But that she fought back to get in that playoff yeah. and lost in the first playoff. If someone did what she is doing there on Saturday afternoon golf, most people would be upset oh, by it. Yeah, I've, got got to to <laughs> I've got to stop kicking the ball out from under the tree. No, but, it's just that irrelevant, it, but irrelevant of that is that it does not give you much confidence in the LPGA yep. if the yep. way of policing the rules is yep. a couch potato can ring yep. up. Yep. Yeah. And That's then you, like That is just so unprofessional. That they should could, be they've got to have a look, yeah. a hard look at themselves yep. and work out how they police their sport. All right. Uh, I want to show you some more golf. This is terrific. It, it's definitely real. It probably took about a zillion attempts to get it right. This is the hits from the hill back over the head. What? And watch this. Yeah. You're kidding. No, I'm not kidding. And here <laughs> she goes. How good is should've, that? Should have shot it on landscape. Just completely ruined it. Oh. <laughs> oh.
Still to come, Aussie golf icon Jack Newton joins us. Uh, you'll be buzzing with this week's top five, plus Graham Arnold busted telling his players to get the yellow cards and the Ronaldo bust that broke the internet. Can Chitakwa create history? They're all set and they're off and racing. Chautauqua's two lengths behind them last. It's Russian Revolution in front from Phil Swift. Chautauqua still last. Phil Swift goes up the inside of Russian Revolution. Stride for stride, Phil Swift. Russian Revolution. English comes off heels and the mirror is starting to let down. Chautauqua very late. It's English a half length in front. Can he do it? Chautauqua, he's flying. Yes, there's history. Chautauqua makes it three in a row. That is unbelievable. This is what people come to see, these great horses, and for everyone that's stuck solid, geez, you've got to love him, don't you? Tell me that's not one of the greatest moments here at Randwick. He's won more now than any sprinter in Australian history, including Black Caviar. I want to go and watch that replay. Just a ridiculous moment, really, around it was. You write that script for the movies, no one believes you crash. No one would, not even the bookies, Tony, and you couldn't believe it. But at one point, they bet in the running in races now, that horse was 800 to 1. 800 wow. to 1 when it was Stone Motherless last. And look, race goers love black caviars and they love champions, but there's something special about these crazy finishes, and especially when they're greys. Like, women love greys. Yeah. Uh, like, well, don't I know it? I can show you one woman who doesn't love greys so much, because uh, maybe the best reaction to the win came from Gay Waterhouse, uh, the trainer of English, of course. This is the horse that Chautauqua miraculously ran down. Look, she <laughs> believes it. Look, and then suddenly... <laughs> That's the best, it's that's the best footage we've ever had on the show. But the most alarming thing about this is she just breaks rules. She doesn't care, Gay. Look at this. The refusal to obey simple rules. Look down the bottom there and see that sign. Please remain seated. Please remain seated, Gay Waterhouse. I love it. All right, now Gay may have been riding home the second place getter, uh, but punters.com.au found another big name on the miracle winner. Simpsons. Yeah. Oh, time. really? Yeah. Women love Grace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen. Oh, it's well known on racetracks. Yeah. Women love, most people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I get a bit of love on social media for that? Just, just someone get in contact with T Kelly and tell her that women love greys. Good news here <laughs> to the day from the Gold Coast Commonwealth Games. Sally Pearson is back now. She ran a 12.53 in the 100 metres of hurdles. This is a great effort, Kel. So she's kind of back in the mix, isn't she, in terms of world times. This was, it was when assisted, therefore, in a legal time. But, gee, she's motoring. Could be the year of the comeback. We had the year of the underdog last year, Federer. And now Sally Pearson. It's still early in the year, but oh, she has uh, suffered 
some hideous injuries that smashed wrist, the hamstrings couldn't uh, obviously run in Rio last year. This is the most, one of the most mentally strong athletes that I've probably met and interviewed before. She is one tough cookie and I would say look out London for the world champs later this year. And then, of course, as we said, Gold Coast, just a, yep. a, a year out to the day. All right, look, I, I do like the new, improved version of pole vault being trialled for the Gold Coast. Uh, there we go. Isn't this a good idea? It's actually Queensland is trying to jump across the border into New South Wales. It's Gary Ablett Ab 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 trying to get out of the Gold Coast. <laughs> <laughs> you like this, Sally? Yeah, I love it. It's a Red Bull initiative, so they've come out there. I think that's in the Netherlands that they're doing that, but uh, Red Bull are known for doing all, all sorts of crazy stuff, and you can see here a few didn't make it, but uh, <laughs> yes. it's, it seems, yeah, quite the event. It's great, isn't it? So this is done at the Gold Coast, I think, as you can see there. Brilliant work. And there you go. That is the... Uh, I'm not sure we'll see it at the, at the Commonwealth no. Games, but it's good. All right, the smallest things can cause trouble in sport, as you know. Now, it's spring in the US, baseball, birds and bees, and the bees were particularly disruptive. What is it about when there's bees that... I mean, can't bees fly down? <laughs> <laughs> the, the crowd That's seems really to be... really good question. Yeah. Yeah. Why yeah. suddenly is everybody yeah. lying? Oh, the, the bees can't see us oh when we're on the ground. That's right. There they are. Oh, just oh, wanting to... Make <laughs> a lot of noise into the microphone, which is yeah. also terrific. Quite obviously, that brings us to this week's top five sporting moments involving bees. And we start at the golf. Doesn't have to be a lot of bees. Just a single one can do the job on a golf ball. Uh, means you have to call the official, who then needs to uh, call for backup on his um, microphone. Uh, John, can get off of your finger. Uh, yes, it's a bee stat. He goes for the tee, uh, and the bee is removed. At number four, South American bees are uh, particularly aggressive. You can see this there. Uh, they, they look there, they go straight in. Why <laughs> on the ground? <laughs> Until B-Man comes in. <laughs> look at that guy, what a hero. <laughs> Number three. Uh, oh. <laughs> See, it can be a bee mascot and still be just as effective. Oh. Uh, oh. That, that guy is still looking for the giant bee sting. As we <laughs> <laughs> Number two, it is the Australian cricket team famously once more taking the yes. lying yeah. on the ground yeah. uh, approach. And on Kumble there, there's uh, Matty Hayden. And look, Ali Dahl, uh, very yeah. relaxed about it. Number one, of course, it, it, be, they love flowers, uh, as this gymnast gold medalist found out. So she's going, well, why would you take the flowers with you? If the bee is on the flowers, <laughs> just you know, think about it, think about it, and yeah, there you go. There we go. Bees, top five. Right, Supercoach uh, Graham Arnold continues to impress the Sydney FC romp through the A-League competition. Now, he misses nothing, like the fact a couple of his players needed to pick up a yellow card so they'll miss next week's game and not serve bands uh, in the finals. Have a listen. Joshy! Come here! Come here! Just wait, Lou. Berlante unaware of uh, Kamau's imminent arrival. And a yellow card for Berlante for holding back his opponents, and that is his eighth card of the season. He, too, will miss the trip to Wellington. Is that not genius, Jules? It, it must be so liberating for a player, you uh, know, after worry, you know, that's such a worry to be told and 
to go out and get a yellow card. It's like your wife coming and saying, you know what, I think we should have an open marriage. <laughs> <laughs> of all the ways that you could go about getting a yellow card as well. Just, just to, to pull the shirt. Yeah. Well, you're not going to do it. You're not going to injure someone. He's been, the, the, he's been told that it was not perhaps the best thing, but it's actually quite valid. It's allowed in this Yeah, well, I mean, you can't risk a, you know, a suspension going into a final. So, yeah, you, you, you have to sort of get rid of the, the three yellow card rules. So... Well done. And they continue on their merry way, Sydney FC. All right, the great Cristiano Ronaldo had an uh, airport renamed in his honour, which is great. What's not so great is this bronze statue of him. Uh, <laughs> it's terrific. And we have a close-up look. He, he seems OK with it. Uh, oh. <laughs> it, it looks like he's having a prostate exam and kind of weirdly enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> the internet has gone absolutely crazy about this. But I'm not sure what people are actually whinging about because we, we've had a close look and it seems like a pretty good likeness to me. If anything, it's flattering. I, yeah. I just don't get it. The criticism, though, also seems harsh, because I, I don't know if you've seen this. When you put the bust on his body, the resemblance is uncanny. Oh, there it is. Beautiful work. He's had other statues, hasn't he? Yeah, he posed for one, and I think he had a say in how it was um, constructed. Have a look at this. It's just quite flattering, really. <laughs> Dresses to the left. <laughs> uh, women love greys. All right. <laughs> Goalkeepers from around the country have been texting, tweeting, generally abusing us for showing so many keeper howlers over the years. So instead, how about this for a save in a very high-level game? Uh, <laughs> 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 it's good just to dig the hole and fill it with water in front of the goal. Man. It's the same pitch where the Socceroos played a rock. Pretty similar. Down he goes. Uh, one try to strike it through, but... No way. And saved by his equally portly teammate. <laughs> Straight back in. Brilliant work. Uh, I also have this... I don't even see all this. This is a very, very brave Argentine uh, keeper. Uh, look at this. It's four on one, basically, or three on one here. Straight across. Oh. That is a great save. Yes. Fantastic. And gets away with it. Beautiful work from the goalkeepers there. So you can stop riding in uh, worried goalkeepers. All right, when we come back, a very special guest, the great Jack Newton, joins us as we look ahead to this week's US Masters. since the young Tiger Woods won his first Masters, his first major, totally changing the golfing landscape. Well, they're lining up at Augusta again this week. And to preview the action, we're joined by the great Jack Newton. Welcome back. Lovely to have you with us. Thank you. Great to be here. Look at that, 20 years. It, it was a kind of sea change, wasn't it, in golf? Oh, I interviewed him when he won that. Really? Uh, I was over there working for seven. And um, 
I got on really well with him. Uh, and he was a hell of a player. There's no doubt about it. But uh, his body's just breaking down. Uh, his knee's gone. He was so forceful with his swing that this knee copped the whole brunt of the, the swing. And then he did, his back started going. So two of the worst things that could happen to you. So I don't think we're going to see him back playing anything like he did uh, for some time, if at all. Augusta, so we look forward to what happens at the weekend uh, with the tournament itself. What, what's the build-up? You've obviously been there, played there, a runner-up there. What's the build-up during this period like? Yeah, well, the early part of the week is, a, <clears throat> you might call it a bit of a festive time where they have uh, an international players' dinner uh, hosted by the club and then they have uh, a champions' dinner which... All available people that are still alive, basically, get invited to the dinner. And the guy who won the tournament last year is an Englishman. Mm -hmm. He gets to make the menu. So they might end up with sausages and mash. (laughs) (laughs) Jack, what about... You knew all the legends, uh, Palmer and Nicholas. Were they similar as people? Who was your favourite out of those two? Most people have got one that they prefer, you know. Nicholas. Why? Well, I thought he had everything. Um, you know, Arnie gets the, you know, the credit to bringing the game to where it got to from nowhere. And then Jack came along and toppled him and uh, a lot of people didn't like that. But I thought Jack did a, an unbelievable job. I mean, he got his body looking right and, uh, uh, and then dominated uh, the game, basically, and uh, until... Uh, Tom took him to task at uh, at Turnbury, which was an unbelievable day. I mean, they both played just awesome golf and uh, um, he lost by a shot. But uh, I always found him very helpful. I used to ask him questions uh, about, you know, going to America after I'd done my stint in Europe. And uh, funny one, I asked him what ball I should use in America and he said, I'll give you some of mine. Really? Which, at that stage, he was under contract. And Tom Weisskopf also represented the same place and he was a good mate of mine. And um, I played a practice round with with Tom at Augusta and I hit my shot onto the first green and um, Tom walked up and picked the ball up and he said, where'd you get that from? I said, Jack gave it to me. He said, I can't even get those bloody balls. <laughs> what did you make of, we were just talking earlier about the LPGA and the huge controversy. Lexi Thompson was uh, penalised her four shots after moving her ball on the green. Um, what did you make of that? Well, the rules say you're supposed to put the coin down directly behind the ball and then you replace it directly in front of the coin. But as far as I saw from, and I only saw it when I got here, Um, and here we are uh, looking at it on the screen Um, she marks the ball fine and then she moves it to the side this is the close up here right now so she's put the ball she's put the coin right behind the ball which she should do now look where she finishes up putting the ball to the side of the coin so she's cheating it's not right no if I'm you... not going to call her a cheater or they'll be all right. <laughs> but, Jack, let's put it this way. If you're playing Sunday afternoon penance and someone did that, would you blow up? Oh, yeah. 
That's their Jarenta. You wouldn't seen, be happy, would you? I've seen plenty of pros do it too, don't worry about Any that. Any big names? In or? the early days. Yeah. Oh, quite a few of them, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> being all diplomatic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Jack, big question. I was reading a great article about you and your antics in the 70s. If you could choose an era, because you've you know done so much with junior golf, so if you could choose... The era where you were, where it was less prize money, but more drinking, more camaraderie, or today's era where it's huge money, but sports science, coaches, apps, you know, you're feeding all this information in and less, less room to sort of, you know, be human, which one would you pick? Would you go for the money or the...? Uh, I think the era I played in was the best, uh, quite frankly. Uh, and I found the American tour much less personal than what the European tour was. I mean, it was common there to actually play with someone in Europe and uh, he might say to me, what are you doing, Jack? I'm going to go and hit a few balls. And uh, he said, well, I'll see you back in half past five and we'll have a couple of beers, you know, and uh, I enjoyed that. And uh, I think that uh, I found the, Europe, the American tour quite impersonal. I mean, I had, you know, a good group of American mates, but not a whole heap of them. Um, and then you'd play with some of them and they'd sign the card and you wouldn't see them for three weeks. And, uh, there might well, have been a bit of drinking, Jack, uh, before uh, one round last year at Augusta. Ernie Earls, I don't know about his putting, whether that was, in <laughs> fact, he was having a bit of a party beforehand. How do you do this? Uh, just the, uh, a lazy... <laughs> That's called a yip. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever suffer from it, Jack? Yips? Or, like, it must be terrifying for blokes to get it. Everyone's it? been through them. Really? Uh, yips and shanks are yeah. quite common in golf. And, uh, but uh, Ernie's gone from being a, just a great putter... Yeah. Uh, to where that was, wow. Yeah. Well, I, no, well, I had a way of fixing that. If they, I know there have been some rule changes. If they'd embraced my rule changes, like on the green, for example, the holes that size, uh, that's a much better idea, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Just make them a little bit more competitive, I think, if that's the way to go. Yeah. Jack, do you feel that, like, we, we laugh at that, but do you feel golf has to change or modernise? Or, you know, so many sports are getting shorter versions now. Does it have to move with the times in any way? Yeah, well, I think a lot of people are saying they haven't got the time, you know, to yep. put in three or four hours playing golf. So I think we're going to have to look at some of uh, some of these sort of things, particularly for people just starting out. I think that's not a bad confidence builder. But you can still miss it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, what, what about the uh, Aussie contingent that are lining up at the Masters? Obviously, Jason Day's had an emotional build-up to it. Uh, Adam Scott had that win, but uh, hasn't been hitting all that great. Here's Jason Day. He does like playing on emotion, though. He does, but the thing that worries me about Jason, and I'm Jason's probably number one fan, apart from his mother, but uh, having seen him play uh, at an international tournament I run uh, in the Hunter Valley each year, and that's been going since 1974. Uh, and he's the best junior I've ever seen, uh, technically. Yep. So I'm not surprised. I told all the journos and everything, I said, this kid's going to be just unbelievable. And they all went, oh, yeah, of course, you know. Like, gave me the big... <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I got my... I got my Payback time when when suddenly but he what became about, number I mean, one in the world. What we saw last week, it I'm was sorry? I watched that entire media conference and it was so raw and emotional and he bared mm. his soul and he, he's no ego. He's so likable, but how difficult given what he's going through and his mum's had the operation now but still recovering from the cancer treatment. To when you when it's such a mental game to harness that emotion. Yeah, look, it? as I said, I think uh, you know Jason's going to struggle 
because A, he, he's been injured a lot this year, hasn't finished tournaments, hasn't started in tournaments that he was going to play. Uh, and then on top of that with his mother, who raised him basically, or his, his caddy now, actually, uh, she put him into uh, a, a big school uh, in Queensland and um, second mortgage the house and uh, he uh, was the sports master and subsequently now he caddies for him and I yeah, think he's probably making be, more money yeah. than he ever made it's as a sports master. It's going to be tough for Jason. No, we certainly hope he does pull through. Uh, always great to speak to you. Thank you so much for dropping in, Jack Newton. Thank you. All right, coming up, our champ of the week. That's next. Stick around. The ceiling is the roof. Let's make it happen and keep moving forward. They have to shoot a three. Matthews, no. Rebound, Pinson. North Carolina with an exhilarating victory and a national championship. Indeed, the ceiling is the roof. <laughs> Michael Jordan's old University of North Carolina. They heeded that inspirational message from the great man winning the collegiate championship today. Uh, somebody's already cashed in on that. The ceiling is the roof, haven't they? Yeah, they're making shirts over there as we speak, so Tar Heels will have that next year. But just quickly, that was a redemption uh, round for them. They lost last year, final seconds yeah. of the tournament win this year, so congratulations, six championship. Yeah, yeah. And, and speaking of winning, uh, <laughs> I, I should just point out, I have been wearing uh, my uh, 2010 <laughs> Dragons Grand Final uh, winner's ring. Yeah. When I say mine, I mean yours, Sally. The, the sad thing is, I actually put it on, I asked him to bring it in so I can have a look at it, being a Dragons fan, and I put it on and I can't get it off my fat finger. <laughs> Time now for our Champ of the Week brought to you by Kumo Tyre. <laughs> Sad but true. Uh, look, it's got to be uh, that man. Uh, look, there's Cooper Cronk, his teammate. Cooper ranks with the hearts and souls of Melbourne, but this man, Cameron Smith, look at him, continues to rack up the records. Storms went over Penrith, that one there, takes his tally to 238 NRL victories, slides past Darren Lockyer. That's 238 wins, not just games. What a record for one of sports. Great leaders. Congratulations to Cam. Thank you so much for your company. Thank you for yours. We'll see you next week. This has been a production of Fox Sports.